welcome to a bonus powwow. I'm Emily. And I'm Gemma. As the Black Widow movie is finally here, we thought we'd do a bonus powwow on her. Now, unlike previous podcasts, this one is going to be a joint effort. I'll be talking about comic book Natasha, and then Emily will be looking at movie Natasha. Don't worry, although we're going to be giving you our thoughts on the Black Widow movie, we're not going to give any big spoilers. And as always, we'll include our top reads and watches at the end. Okay, so first up, when did Black Widow make her comic book debut? Natasha debuted in April 1964 in Tales of Suspense number 52. Her character was created by Stanley, Don Rico and Don Heck. She was introduced as a Russian spy and an antagonist to Iron Man. So she was the villain then? Kind of. As we'll see, her training in the Red Room included brainwashing, so it wasn't as if she was acting of her own free will. Plus, she soon changed size, becoming the hero we know and love today. Okay, so what is her origin story? Well, as with most comic book characters, there are some consistent details, but in different runs, some parts are changed to better fit that particular arc. In Tales of Suspense, number 52, she is a Russian spy and femme fatale who was sent with Boris Turgenov to assassinate Professor Anton Banko, who deflected from the Soviet Union. The two infiltrate Stark Industries and Natasha attempts to manipulate information from Tony Stark before being confronted by his alter ego, Iron Man. During the fight, Vanko sacrifices himself to save Iron Man, killing Boris in the process by using an experimental laser light pistol. Natasha later meets the criminal archer Hawkeye and the two almost destroy Iron Man. However, their victory is thwarted when Natasha is injured and Hawkeye retreats and gets her to safe. Natasha falls in love with Hawkeye, which weakens her loyalty to Russia. When her employers find out about this, they have her gunned down. This convinces Hawkeye to go straight and seek membership in the Avengers. Natasha is then kidnapped by the Red Room and brainwashed again. She, Swordsman and Power Man, battle the Avengers. With the help of Hawkeye, she breaks free of the psychological conditioning and successfully defects to the USA. After missions with Spider-Man, Hawkeye and Daredevil, she eventually joins the Avengers. The version we're more familiar with is that Natasha was born in the Soviet Union and orphaned when she is young and living in Stalingrad, where she is rescued by Ivan Petrovich during an attack. Ivan takes her in and trains her. When the KGB learn of her talents, they recruit her. During World War II, Natasha was kidnapped by the Hand, who sought to turn her into a, quote, brainwashed master assassin but she was rescued by Captain America and Logan who would go on to become Wolverine. During the war Natasha served in the Russian army where she fell in love with her fellow soldier named Nikolai. However he was killed and their young daughter died at birth. After the war Natasha enters the Black Widow program and is trained in the Red Room where she is quote enhanced with the Soviet's version of the super soldier serum which gives her extra strength, healing and stamina. Whilst Natasha has memories of studying to be a ballerina as a cover during this time, it's unclear if these are real or memories implanted by the government. During her Black Widow training, she meets the Winter Soldier, aka Bucky Barnes, and the two have a short-lived relationship, which ends because she was to be married to Alexei Shostakov, a renowned test pilot. Alexei's death, which we'll talk about a bit more later, pushed her further into the control of the Red Room and she earned the title of Black Widow. Although she initially worked against the Avengers, Natasha deflects to S.H.I.E.L.D. before later becoming a member of the Avengers herself. A revised 
version of her origin is that she was raised from early childhood by the USSR's Black Widow Ops program alongside other female orphans rather than solely by Ivan. In the Red Room, she was brainwashed and trained in combat and espionage, as well as being given the super soldier serum or the Soviet version of it. She was trained by the Winter Soldier with whom she has a short romance. Like all Black Widows, Natasha is given false memories to ensure her loyalty, and this is something she later discovers. The KGB arranged a marriage between Natasha and Alexei, and their marriage is short-lived. The Soviet government decide to make him their new operative, the Red Guardian, and forbid him to have any contact with Natasha, who is told that he's dead. Tell us a bit more about the Red Room. The Red Room, also known as the Black Widow Programme, is a top-secret Soviet brainwashing and training programme which takes young women and turns them into the world's deadliest and most elite assassins. Their training includes hand-to-hand combat, acrobatics, weapon training and tactical skills. Natasha isn't the only one trained there. In Agent Carter, the TV show, we're introduced to Dottie Underwood, a Red Room graduate. I think it's interesting to hear about um, the Red Room because you only get really short flashbacks in the film. So if you haven't read the Black Widow comics, it's not really explained loads as to what happened or her life before. Especially her her older comics. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing. I like Black Widow in The Avengers, but to me, she isn't the Black Widow of the comics because... Yeah. I just imagine her as, like... Well, she's meant to be a spy... And clearly an assassin. I just don't think that you would be a soft person, considering all I mean, that she's gone through. I mean, even in the comics, she is searching for redemption, and she does like have relationships and friendships. But there's always something a bit closed off around her. Like in the Avengers movies, nowhere is it mentioned that she's given the super soldier serum. No, but it's in the comics. And it makes sense in the comics when you see the things she does. Yeah. As much as I think Scarlett Johansson did a great job, I don't think Marvel did a good job with her character. Yeah, it's a difficult one because, like we said, there's like certain things that come up in the new film that make you think, mm, that could have been explained. Yeah. And I think, yeah, well, we'll talk about it in a bit. But yeah, they, I think they missed an opportunity on a couple of things. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. But never going to make everyone happy. So, no, this, is, well, this is the thing like, they had all these female characters they could have picked for the Avengers as their first female. So, I was, when the Avengers first came out, I was a bit shocked that they went for Black Widow because it would have made more sense for it to be like the Wasp or uh, She Hulk, maybe. But, it, you know, I mean, Scarlett Hansen does a great job yeah. of making us. Of, of making us like the MCU version of Black Widow. And it, she's not a bad character. She just doesn't get the same character arc and growth as she does in the comics. Yeah. Okay. Off the rant <laughs> before we get too deep. What about Black Widow's iconic look? When she's first introduced in Tales of Suspense, Natasha doesn't have a costume as such. Rather, she wore an evening dress and a veil and had short black hair it wasn't until 1970 and her appearance in the amazing spider-man number 86 that she was given the look we're familiar with today so the shoulder length red hair skin tight black costume and the wristbands which fired spider threads 
Her costume is made of synthetic stretch fabric, which has micro suction cups on the fingers and feet, which allow her to stick to walls and ceilings. Pretty handy. What powers, if that's the right word, does she have? Well, this is kind of what we were just talking about. In the comics, Natasha receives a form of the super soldier serum, which makes her age slower than the average person. She's also immune to disease and heals five times the rate of a normal person. But we so, don't see that in the films. Yeah. Which is frustrating. But that, So does she have superhuman abilities? Well, other than the benefits of the super soldier serum, it's all skill. Natasha is super smart and can quickly process large amounts of information, which is especially helpful in battle situations, making her as good a tactician as Captain America. She has extensive spy training and, quote, an uncanny affinity for the psychological manipulation and can mask her real emotions perfectly. She's a skilled hypnotist, a skill she uses to influence thoughts, implant dormant post-hypnotic commands or even affect the memories and personality traits of the person. Beyond this, she is a world-class athlete, gymnast and acrobat who can coordinate her body and balance, flexibility and dexterity easily and is an accomplished ballerina. She is skilled in multiple forms of martial arts and skilled with weapons, including guns and knives. So she has all these skills and what equipment does she have to go with it? Natasha has distinct bracelets which fire widow's bites, electrostatic energy blasts that can deliver charges of up to 30,000 volts. She also has the widow's line grappling hooks, tear gas pellets, and in the kiss or kill arc, she has the widow's kiss, which is an aerosol instant knockout gas. She's also proficient with knives and armed combat and various firearms. On her belt, she carries metallic discs, some of which are plastic explosives and some give electro electronic shocks. And what about her character? Natasha is fiercely loyal to those close to her, often working alongside other heroes. And like a lot of this is driven by guilt from her time with the KGB. It's funny because like you get to see some of these bits and pieces within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so in the films. But then like so much of it so much of it is missing or they use it in like one film and they're like uh we didn't like that so we'll take it out like with some yeah. equipment i think ironically civil war is my least favorite uh marvel movie but i do love her fight scenes in the beginning of that also there's that line isn't there like she says to bucky you can at least pretend to remember me or something along those lines and that makes which no makes sense within the if you if you just look at the films it makes no sense other than the fact he shot her a couple of times within that universe, it makes sense. But again, like you see this super processing brain. If you rewatch Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, if that scene where he's shooting into the car, how quickly she realizes that she's the next target and then and she gets herself and then she gets Cap and Sam out of the way, yeah, all within split seconds. And that's you kind of see how smart she is. But then they kind of just ignore it. Also, in um, Endgame, so yeah, she's the one that figures out there are two stones in New York, not not the two guys with all the PhDs, which always amuses me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like nothing's really explained, and or it's just like dribs and drabs of it. Like she suddenly has these really amazing fight scenes, or she suddenly has this process speed of like stuff that's happening, and 
but it's not throughout the entire thing. No, it's almost like they don't quite know what to do with her. Yeah. I do love that the female characters within Marvel are some of the smartest and some of the most powerful. Oh, definitely. Like in Ant-Man and Wasp, I mean, Hope is always smarter than Scott. And then you've got, you know, Captain Marvel. Who's just... All of the Captain Marvels, Mm because, you know, I've seen Monica Rambeau's. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel. uh, She-Hulk. Yeah. Wanda. Oh, yeah, Wanda's crazy powerful. Wanda creates a whole new reality within the comics and does House of N, where she completely changes reality. You know... Yeah. Not seeing Doctor Strange do that. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Doctor Strange. He has got his work cut out for him (laughs) in this next stage. Oh, yeah. Right, back to Black Widow before we tangent too far. It could happen. Um, What teams has Black Widow been a part of within the comics? So Natasha has been part of S.H.I.E.L.D., which she joins on Nick Fury's request and remains part of the organisation. During Civil War, which is much different in the comics, Natasha actually takes temporary leadership of S.H.I.E.L.D. after Fury is presumed killed and Maria Hill is incapacitated. Despite starting out as an adversary to Iron Man, when Natasha deflects, she becomes an Avenger, earning the trust of her teammates and fighting alongside them. And this is the team I think most movie fans are familiar with. After Natasha breaks up with Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, she moves to Los Angeles and becomes the leader of the Champions, a team made up of Ghost Rider, Hercules, and former X-Men Angel and Iceman. Despite all these team-ups, Natasha often goes alone, especially when up against like her past and uh, anything that's connected to the Red Room. Um- so you mentioned her breaking up with Daredevil. So what about her other attachments and relationships? Yeah, for a super spy who's trained to have no emotional attachments, Natasha has a uh, considerable number of friends and allies who she, whom she works hard to support and defend and who care about her deeply as well. So despite starting out as enemies, she forms a strong bond with Tony Stark, taking his side in Civil War by signing the Superhuman Registration Act. She's close to Nick Fury and Maria Hill, who takes over S.H.I.E.L.D. from Fury. And her and Maria seem to, like, trust each other, even when the other's doing something that's a little bit sus. She's close to Captain America. Actually, she's close to all three men who carry the Captain America mantle. So that's uh, Sam, Bucky and Steve Rogers. Romance-wise, she's had short-lived romances with Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier but their relationship ended when the KGB arranged her marriage to Alexei, who would go on to become the Red Guardian, which is Russia's answer to Captain America. And again, we'll probably talk about him a bit later as well. After Civil War, Tony Stark assigns Natasha to take Captain America's shield to a secure location, but she's intercepted by Bucky, who steals it. Natasha and the Falcon rescue him from Red Skull's minions and bring him to to the shield helicarrier, where Tony convinces Bucky to become the new Captain America and she and Bucky restart their relationship and the two are together in multiple arcs and he pops up in quite a few of her comics. 
Although her marriage to Alexei is arranged by the KGB, it's a happy one. That is until the KGB fake his death during an experimental rocket test in order to make him into the Red Guardian. Natasha is told he is dead and her grief prompts her to take the name Black Widow for future missions. Is her feelings for Hawkeye, which see her deflect to the US and become a hero, despite her, um, despite her initially just using him to achieve her mission to defeat Tony Stark, the two develop real feelings for each other. And in multiple arcs, they are depicted as either in a relationship or very close friends. Another recurring love interest is Daredevil. Jerry Conway, a writer for Daredevil, had the idea to put the two together and has since said, quote, it was my idea to team up Daredevil and the Black Widow, mainly because I was a fan of Natasha and thought she and Daredevil would have interesting chemistry. However, his successors didn't agree and felt that Daredevil worked better as a solo hero so wrote her out of the series. During their relationship, they live in San Francisco where Natasha tried unsuccessfully to find a new career as a fashion designer. After working with the Avengers, Natasha breaks up with Matt because she fears, quote, playing sidekick is sublimating her identity. I couldn't imagine those two together, but I could also see why they would work. Yeah, he pops up in a few. I think he's probably one of the few people she can't lie to. Mm. Because he can hear, her, like, he can tell if somebody's lying by their heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I, I don't dislike them as a couple. There's, there's, it's fine. I do like that it's not, romance isn't really a dominating theme in her comics. She's, she's got other stuff to do. Yeah. And I, I do love that even when the guys turn up to save her, she's like, I really didn't need your help, but thank you. It's like that scene in the first Avengers film where she's doing an interrogation, but it looks like she's been captured. And she's talking to Coulson on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't need any help. But no. also, she's made it look like she can't get out. What I do love in the comics, especially in some of the more modern runs, uh, Maria Hill takes over S.H.I.E.L.D. And her and Natasha have this really good solid friendship and relationship where you know there's um a comic where natasha is kind of forced to act against shield mm-hmm. and even though she's doing all of these things that should make maria bring her in or send people after her she's like no natasha wouldn't do this if there wasn't a reason yeah and they could you know so often strong women are pitted against each other in things but it's really nice to see that they're not and it, it's just like, all right, they don't necessarily hang out much outside of work, but there's still that bond there and they trust each other's skill. Yeah. Which I think is sometimes something we don't get when something's focused on female characters. Mm. So what are your Black Widow must-reads? All of them. Tales of Suspense number 52, which is her first appearance. And as a long-term fan, it's kind of hard to recognize signing that Natasha with the one we know. That said, it's really good run, especially if you're an Iron Man fan. Deadly Origin is without doubt the definitive Black Widow origin story and is a must read for anyone who wants to get to know her character. It literally goes from her time at the red in the Red Room to her becoming a hero. Avengers 34 and 44, which focuses on Natasha and her relationship with Red Guardian, who wants to prove himself in a fight against Captain America. So he uses the Black Widow as bait. And it's a really good art, which is explores where Natasha and her loyalties lie. 
The 2004 miniseries No Place Like Home, which explores Natasha's origins and her time in the Red Room. 2016, the Itsy Bitsy Spider run, uh, which is when Natasha's past comes back to haunt her. And when she faces off against Yelena Belova, another highly skilled assassin trained in the Red Room. I will warn you, that one gets a little bit gory. Black Widow Volume 1, Shield's Most Wanted, which is um, a fantastic run and probably one of my favourites. And Forever Read by Margaret Stoll is a Natasha novel, which I really enjoyed reading. And apparently there's a sequel to that, but I've not read that yet. That's on your to-be-read pile. One of the many books on my to-be-read pile. The never-ending list. My cause of death is probably going to be sort of my to-read pile falling on top of me. Wouldn't even be surprised. It's probably how mine is going to go as well. I think the good thing about Natasha as well, she pops up here and there. She's always a really good addition. Yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of comic book Hawkeye. So I always love it when she pops up in that because Hawkeye's just a disaster. I definitely need to read some of Hawkeye because like I've seen bits, like panels from his comics, and they're just hilarious. Yeah, and I'm now really sad that we didn't get comic book Hawkeye because that would have just been brilliant, and that would have been like the comic relief that we needed the entire time. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's a bit in one of the comics where, like, the leads to his gaming system, I think it's PlayStation, are all tangled up. So he just cuts the wires and then calls Tony Stark to come and fix it. And it just makes me so happy, because if I knew a Tony Stark, that's totally what I'd do. (laughs) Especially with Christmas lights. Mm, Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) But yeah, lots of good Black Widow reading. If, If you... But if you want to know more about her character. Okay, so we now know about her comic book origins, but what about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Natasha? So on screen, uh, Black Widow is played by Scarlett Johansson. Her first on-screen appearance came in Iron Man 2 in 2010, where she was sent undercover, undercover into Stark Industries to watch Tony Stark due to the fear that he was dying. During this mission, uh, Natasha assists Iron Man with defeating Ivan Vanko's terrorist plots against him. Her second appearance then came two years later in Avengers, which came out in 2012, when Loki declared war on Earth. Hawkeye had been enthralled by Loki and Black Widow was recruited into the Avengers to help. She also assisted in recruiting Tony Stark and Bruce Banner to the team while they tracked down and then attempted to capture Loki and eventually they saved Hawkeye from Loki's grasp. Then in 2014's Captain America the Winter Soldier, we see Black Widow and Captain America working together. They undercover a conspiracy following an assassination attempt on Nick Fury, which led to them discovering that Hydra had somehow been infiltrating their entire organisation. Despite the efforts of the Winter Soldier, aka Bucky Barnes, to stop them, Black Widow helped expose Alexander Pierce's evil schemes to the world, which also then resulted in all of her own morally dubious history to be revealed to the world as well. As a result, she was forced into dropping off the grid and to begin rebuilding her cover. In 2015, Avengers Age of Ultron, Black Widow rejoins the Avengers, working to bring down various Hydra cells across the world and assisting in the capture of Wolfgang von Strucker. However, before she could form a romantic relationship with Banner, we're not going to go off topic onto that because that'll get us both angry, The rogue artificial intelligence known as Ultron was created by Tony and Bruce, forcing Natasha and the rest of their team to join together to defeat him. 
Despite being captured, Natasha was able to inform the team of her, her of her and Ultron's location in Sokovia, resulting in a final battle, the Avengers defeat Ultron once and for And this is also when we get the vision. A year later, in 2016, Captain America Civil War, we see the after effects of Ultron. As many of the governments of the world had demanded the Avengers to sign the Sokovia Accords in the wake of their recent battles. Black Widow agreed to their terms and signed the Accords, and she later joined Iron Man in a fight fight against Captain America due to this disagreement about the Accords and um, Captain America's or Steve's criminal activities with the Winter Soldier, who he was trying to protect at the time. As the two Avengers factions fought against each other, she actually betrays, say betrays Iron Man's team to assist Steve to find the instigator of the team's fight. And as a result, Black Widow had to escape from the government for aiding Steve. While being on the run, she soon joined him and Sam Wilson in stopping terrorists. And then in 2018, we had Avengers Infinity War, where we see a new threat to Earth when Thanos approaches Earth. So Natasha, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson protected Vision, who had the Mind Stone, which Thanos was after at this point. And they later defend Wakanda from an attack, but ultimately they are defeated when Thanos destroyed half of all life with the Infinity Gauntlet. And Black Widow was one of the survivors of the snap and was then part of an ambush on Thanos in an effort to retrieve the Infinity Stones and undo the snap, but with no success. And so next up came 2019 Avengers Endgame, which is set five years after Infinity War, where Black Widow and Captain America, Steve Rogers at the time, are leading the Avengers, formed by Okoye, Rocky Raccoon, Nebula, War Machine, and Captain Marvel. To undo the snap, the remaining Avengers split up into teams to retrieve all the Infinity Stones from several, several alternate timelines in a time heist. And she is sent to retrieve the Soul Stone on Vormir with Hawkeye. And if you, obviously you've watched a film, do you know that in order to get the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice that which you love the most? So Natasha and Clint have a fight over who is going to willingly jump off the cliff. And she wins and jumps over the edge and Clint obtains the Soul Stone. The Avengers then go on to defeat Thanos and undo the snap after Tony Stark also sacrifices himself. I'm still not over Endgame. Yeah, same. So why did Nebula or anyone not tell them that they were going to have to sacrifice? Like, I feel like that's something that should have been mentioned and part of the conversation. I don't think any of them knew. Nebula knew. Did she know? She knew. Well, she, she must have had an idea because she knew Thanos took Gamora and came back without Gamora but with the Soul Stone. Mm. And she'd been part of Thanos' team hunting for the stones. But Gamora was the one that knew about that one time. So maybe she didn't tell Nebula. Maybe I'm just bitter. Oh, I'm 100% bitter about it. I remember going to see that in cinema and we both cried. Oh, full sobs. Yeah. I'm definitely not over it. Stupid film. 
they get us attached to these characters and then just take them away. Or watch us re- make us repeatedly watch them die. Oh, I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. It's just, it's just not fair. So in the comics, we know Natasha has iconic outfits. What about in the movies? So, like in the comics, Black Widow's sense of style is something that can be spotted almost immediately. And it's also transformed as the years have gone on within the films. So in Iron Man 2, the costume designer was Mary Zofris, who has also worked on films such as Fargo, Ghost World, True Grit, No Country for Old Men and Interstellar. And this costume within Iron Man 2 was very much about creating a form-fitting silhouette. It looks more like a dancer's outfit or a gymnast outfit than any kind of combat gear. And it complements the fact that within Iron Man 2, it, Nat's character was about this seductive femme fatale. It wasn't about this assassin or super spy. And I guess it's also kind of a pretty good adaptation from the comic book style bodysuit that we see. In Avengers, um, the suit that she wears was designed by Alexandra Brine, who also did the costume design on Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor and Elizabeth the Golden Age, as well as Avengers Age of Ultron and Doctor Strange. Now, within the first Avengers film, Bryn wanted to emphasize uh, the Black Widow as a field agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. And we'll see, you see as well that the zipper on the front of the costume is raised higher, areas are slightly more padded, probably to help with the combat stance. And we also get um, her widow's bite bracelets to be more utilitarian rather than kind of accessories that have kind of been chucked on. And um, her hourglass belt buckle is more prominent on the costume as well. Whereas before it kind of was there, but you couldn't really see it. Then we get Age of Ultron and we get same designer. Um, and her suit looks more superhero rather than spy. Her bracelets have been replaced by braces and they, her suit now comes with knee pads and it kind of feels less cat suit, more like personal body armor. So you kind of feel like we're getting somewhere with it. But in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, we get a new version of her shield uniform. And this time it was designed by Judana Makovsky, who worked on films such as The Hunger Games, The Last Airbender, X-Men, The Last Stand, and Harry Potter and The Sorcerer's Stone. And then also later, Captain America Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and also in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. In this, her outfit becomes form-fitting again, like Iron Man 2. Zipper's a bit lower, um, and the bracelets are kind of more decorative again. But even though it's kind of become more uh, sexy, she doesn't actually really wear it. She wore it, I think, once or twice. The rest of the time, she's basically in a variety of plain clothes. So you don't really have to see her in it too often. And then, obviously, she has the weird white spacesuits that everyone has in um, Endgame. And then when we get to the Black Widow movie, um, although it is kind of catsuit-y, it's not as catsuit-y. It's more user-friendly. 
definitely in Black Widow feels more practical than for the aesthetics. Yeah. I have to say, though, if you compare Yelena to uh, Natasha, Yelena's is way more practical. Oh, 100%. And also the other Black Widows as well. I love that armour. A kind of like um, the time, time Variant Authority, their armour is quite similar. Like, it's practical. It's not just made to be seductive. I love it when they do that. Like Game of Thrones and Star Wars, like with Brienne of Tarth and Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Neither of those armours are sexy. They're clunky and they do what they're meant to do. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Captain Phasma is one of my favourite Star Wars characters from the new stuff. And I, I just, I loved her armour. I mean, they did soddle with the character and her book yeah. is so much better than the movies, but we're not ranting about this. No, we're not getting into a Star Wars rant. <laughs> I like Winter Soldier for the fact that Natasha's in street clothes. Yeah. It, it's nice to see that that side of it. But I'm also always confused how... She goes from being dressed as the woman she's impersonating into her cat suit between leaving the office and being in the helicopter. That is not a quick change. Did, did she have it on underneath? Did she stop? Did Fury turn around like a gentleman? Did he have to like yank her into it? That also, is, you need help or talcum powder to get into those suits. That, and also she'd been shot like the day before. Mm. in the shoulder yet there's no sign of that injury which way it annoys me even more that they don't explain that she's had the super soldier serum in the mcu it could be so easily explained as well mm-hmm. they could easily explain it, it literally takes two seconds yeah they could explain it in a way that she doesn't even know and just it could yeah. throw away line of whilst she was being brainwashed we'll think about what we could have done to you yeah. You know. So we're now going to talk about the new Black Widow movie. We will do our best not to give any spoilers or any major spoilers. But if you haven't watched it and you want to avoid completely everything, stop, uh, listening. In this po- stop listening now and then maybe come back once you've watched it. But for anyone else, what would you give the movie out of 10 if you were giving it stars? It depends on how we're viewing it. Like, are we viewing it as a Black Widow film or are we viewing it as a spy film? Because mm. <laughs> this is when we start to get difficult. I thought it was a really good film, but we've discussed it and we both have problems with it. Yeah, I definitely... I really enjoyed it and I think it's a movie, it's one of the MCU movies I will probably watch over and over. But it very much didn't feel like Natasha's movie. It mm-hmm. felt like a setup to uh, Yelena, who's going to be her replacement. Mm-hmm. And they made some changes to characters and who they were. Like the Red Guardian is her father figure, for lack of a better term, yeah. rather than her husband. And we get that from the trailer, so that's not really a spoiler, because if you've seen the trailers, you know that. Yeah. So, yes, I enjoyed it. Yes, I'm really excited for Yelena and what's going to come next. But I'm sad that Scarlett Johansson brought Black Widow to life in all of those movies and she still didn't get her movie. Yeah. I am, however, glad that we now know what happened in Budapest. Yeah, true. 
I mean, we don't kind of get all of it, but now we kind of know. No, it, yeah, it, it's, it does solve that mystery. And it, it both fills in parts, but opens up parts because there's a disconnect. Mm. Overall, it's a brilliant movie. The action scenes, apart from one bit of dodgy CGI, which annoys the ever-loving crap out of me, but I do love it as a movie. And it touches on some really intense themes. Yeah. And I know people are disappointed with the villain and with Taskmaster. And like I said, they've made a, they've twisted a lot of characters mm. in this, but I really love that. I That's like the probably take- one of my favourite bits. Yeah. I like the take on like Taskmaster being who they are (laughs) because it is a twist and I think it's more impactful towards the villain when you realise who when you realise what the villain is willing to do to get what they want definitely I think Black Widow has one of the scarier villains Mm. of the MCU especially for women I think because such a real situation and person yeah definitely it's not a boogeyman that couldn't ever exist like Thanos yeah I think my biggest gripe with the Black Widow movie is that the action is fantastic Mm. but there is no logical way Natasha should have survived half of the fight she has Um, if she hadn't had the super soldier serum it, it just doesn't seem possible you know this film is set after civil war so she's just gone through the battle in civil war mm-hmm. um and then she has all of these big fights she gets knocked off of bridges and buildings mm-hmm. and nothing and it just it doesn't sit right yeah she has like no recoup time i no. think that's what does me like there's no time between stuff happening and they do make kind of a joke about her having to take it like she's the only avenger that needs an ibuprofen because mm-hmm. you're not going to see thor taking one yeah but it could have so easily because they explore the red room it could have so easily solved that mystery so that was our black widow powell um there's a chance we're going to come back to her in a future power and go a bit deeper into her character because this was like a really quick overview and there's lots of arcs and and as we said she interacts with a lot of other characters especially with what marvel have set up for the next phase but with that said this is your last podcast for this month we are taking august off because emily is getting married and we have some other stuff going on so we just decided that we'd take a month have a bit of fun with family and and sunshine hopefully and then we will be back in september with lots of new and exciting content some giveaways and all sorts of mischief hopefully we will have slept at some point covid won't have killed us all dream big so until september take care of yourselves and each other